the childcare businesses is hot, hot, hot right now, but there are some special considerations you need to make if you want to buy one of these businesses. Hi, my name's Ali Kane, and I'm the host of the Buy That Business podcast. Each episode, we talk to expert business brokers about everything you need to know when it comes to buying and selling a business. Today, my guest is Hayden Mollard from Finn Business Sales. Welcome to the podcast, Hayden. Thanks, Ali. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So, Hayden, you're a specialist when it comes to buying and selling childcare businesses, but tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, well, my background really comes from an initially financial services background. Um, so I had sort of numerous roles in Australia with banking and uh, insurance. Uh, that led me to go abroad. So I, I worked in London and then Dubai. Um, in London, I was with an offshore law firm. We were doing sort of corporate structuring and sort of, you know, uh, sort of financial planning, if you will, for sort of high net worths and corporates. I then went out to the Middle East where I, I founded a trust company, part of an uh, international group. Um, but I set up the Dubai office um, and we were helping sort of international, some listed companies uh, enter the Dubai and Middle Eastern markets. And then on the flip side of that, sort of helping high net worth and ultra high net worth people structure their wealth, uh, you know, usually outside of the Middle East um, for succession planning purposes. So that's sort of my sort of initial background. That sort of led me into business broking because I guess in that space where I was, um, we did quite a lot of analysing P&Ls, you know, looking at strategies for optimising things and then the structuring around that. And typically an exit was, uh, you know, the end point for that, which does correlate quite a lot into business brokings and you know, looking at balance sheets, various businesses. And, and yeah, so that's that's me. Wow, it's quite an unusual background. What brought you back to Australia? Well, I guess Australia is still the, the best country in the world, in my opinion. You know, settling with a family, uh, you know, with everyone, a lot of people sort of take that rite of passage and, and go abroad and, and sort of broaden their skills. But, you know, ultimately Australia is home. So, you know, came back to, to start a family. That's absolutely fascinating. I've, I've, I've never really spoken to someone with such an interesting background before. What's the difference between doing business in the Middle East and doing business in Australia? Well, that's probably going to take a, a 35-minute <laughs> podcast in its own right. I mean, it is extremely different. I mean, you know, the Middle East and Dubai, you know, is very much an emerging economy. So, you know, having only sort of developed really since the 70s when oil wealth was found, you know, trying to come to terms with, you know, all the, the regulation and building those frameworks, you know, does make it very challenging. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, from a base of zero, you know, it helped them. They didn't have to deal with the bureaucracy and years of history. So um, some of the technology out there is fantastic, but actually putting it into practice can be quite frustrating, you know, with, you know, individuals who haven't, say, had the, the years of experience that we have been lucky enough to have in the West. I'm sure we could do a podcast totally on doing business in the Middle East, but let's turn to the topic for the day, which is buying and selling childcare businesses. What are some of the special considerations you need to make when you are buying one of these assets? Well, I guess I mean, when buying any business, you really want to understand the value of the business. Typically, you, you make money uh, on acquisition um, and then whether you improve or, or, or maintain the status quo, um, you really want to understand, you know, what's the value to me? What, what sort of return on investment do I require? Uh, and, as, and is this business going to work for me? I think that's pretty standard across all sectors, but 
when it comes to childcare, there are, you know, different elements and different frameworks that sort of do play a part in the childcare space. So obviously there's educational requirements, you know, there's quality standards um, sort of governed by the national quality framework. Um, so sort of understanding, you know, how a childcare business is assessed and, and the value of that, um, you really want to get your head around before sort of going out and putting offers down. So what's the market like for childcare businesses at the moment? Um, it's it's hot. Um, I think, you know, businesses that weren't very much affected by COVID, you know, are, are in hot demand at the moment. I think childcare, you know, did have a bit of a, you know, like all businesses had a bit of a stumble at the start of COVID where, you know, people still had to send, but some uh, weren't receiving revenue. But now that things are sort of stabilised, normalised, people are back to work, um, you know, vacancy rates are down. So, you know, childcare is, you know, is, is performing well. And there's a lot of people in the market with interest rates very low that have cash um, that want to invest into a business that, you know, is a little bit more certain than, say, you know, a hospitality business, for example. Yeah, I can imagine it's, um, you know, people are always going to need childcare places. And in fact, it's a growing market. So it's a great little sector to get into. 100%. So how do you value one of those businesses? It's a tricky one. I think, I mean, the basic way that uh, we value most businesses is looking at sort of what the profit is or what the EBIT or EBITDA is, um, and then applying a multiple to that. Now, your EBITDA is your earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, amortisation, and that sort of gives you an understanding as to, you know, what the business makes for the owner, um, and then applying a multiple to that. So in childcare, typically we see multiples between three times EBIT or EBITDA um, right up to six times. And the, the the variance between those is really comes down to the individual centre. So, you know, what are the vacancy rates like? Um, you know, is it meeting or exceeding or does it need improvement uh, against the sort of national quality standards? What's the, what's the competition like in the area? Is a big centre about to get built next door? Um, so there's a lot of factors that come in. And I always sort of, you know, encourage people to speak to somebody with a bit of experience, you know, to understand you know, what elements are at play when it comes to valuing the business. Because when you get towards those higher multiples, typically it's somebody who's looking to, say, add value to the business. So if it was, say, op uh, operating at, say, a 70% occupancy rate, you know, not meeting the, the national quality standards, someone could quickly come in there and say, well, hey, there's potentially a 20% upside here if I improve X, Y, and Z. So, um you know, the multiple might be higher because there's an upside. On the flip side of that, if, if a centre is, say, you know, excellent against the national quality standards, it's at a 100% occupancy rate, well, a buyer might say, well, well, what's my upside here? So the multiple might be lower, but in turn, 100% occupancy is probably giving you a, a decent profit as well. So it's a really, it's a really tough one. You know, some people will say, well, hey, let's get it up to 100%. Let's get it fantastic. But you know, you might not get the best possible outcome on that scenario. Someone might want to buy that centre because they can put their own mark on it and, and reap that upside for themselves. So, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one, really. Yeah, that's a great level of, of detail um, when, you're, when you're thinking about valuing a business like a childcare centre. So what are you buying when you buy a childcare centre? Presumably you're not generally buying the property? Um, it's sort of 50-50. I mean, whether it's, if it's a leasehold business, that's a business where they say don't own the property, they're under a lease. Um, you know, obviously not buying the property, um, but quite often they are, you know, freehold and the business included. So 
obviously that's going to have a very different um, uh, uh, number when it comes to value. But say if we look at a leasehold, for example, um, they'll be buying, I guess, the existing centre, the fit out, all the equipment, you know, the goodwill that comes along with that. Um, and, and very importantly, the lease. That does factor uh, a lot into the valuation uh, and into, I guess, really that's the, the business. You know, you want to have a long lease in place. Um, in childcare, you know, we usually say sort of absolute minimum 10 years, but, you know, sometimes up to sort of 30 year leases. Really? Uh, yeah, because I mean, particularly if you're trying to add value to the, to the, to the centre as well. So example, you come into a centre, you want to build it up over, say, three to five years to, to reap that reward. When you're selling that business at the end, you want to be selling it with, you know, a considerable lease so the new buyer sees value as well. So, yeah, the lease is very important. That makes sense. How can vendors prepare their business to get the best price for their asset, especially in this sort of market? Well, I guess that sort of comes back to that value point. And it's, it is a tricky one because, you know, you could improve your centre dramatically and increase the revenue now, that should lead to a better price, but you then might be excluding buyers who are looking for those value type uh, investments. I always say, you know, certainly um, have it presentable. Um, you know, if you have, you know, websites and all these things, get them to a standard which, you know, would be considered acceptable to the majority of buyers. You know, like selling any business, you want to appeal to as many potential prospects as possible um, in order to attract that one which is going to pay the, pay the premium price. I'd always suggest as well to, to consult either your accountant or advisor or a business broker because, you know, you want someone on your side who is giving you sort of honest opinion, feedback as to, you know, what offers are good and what's not. Um, at the moment, we're seeing a lot of childcare centres being bought up by national groups who are coming in and paying what looks like, you know, huge numbers and, and often they are. Um, but for somebody who's, say, worked in childcare for 10 years and not really had the business experience, may not understand what the childcare business is actually, or the industry is doing at the moment as to what is, you know, a great offer for the business. So, you know, getting somebody on board to really advise you through that process um, and then come up with a strategy as to, you know, what's going to be the best way to take it to the market. Do you find that, I mean, you can buy one of these businesses without any experience or do most buyers have industry experience when they come to acquire one of these centres? I mean, probably at the moment, most buyers will have some degree of experience. Um, I mean, you don't need experience, although, you know, day one, but during that process of, of acquiring the business, there's certain educational requirements and standards that you need to meet, uh, you know, to become an approved provider and et cetera. So there is a framework which works through typically during that buying process if you haven't got experience. But, yeah, majority of people will have experience or an interest in early education when they uh, are looking at a childcare business. What about staff? How do potential buyers take that into consideration? Because I imagine that the staff's really important when you're looking after kids. Certainly. Um, and also staff uh, uh, staffing requirements and the staff in the business uh, form part of one of the seven uh, quality standards that the centres are assessed on. So, um, staff is is very much an important part of it. For from a, a customer's point of view as well, I mean, in the childcare, um, they want continuity of staff. They want staff where their children feel comfortable. Um, so that's very important. It's also important to understand the the, the amount of staff that you need because there's actually requirements around uh, how many staff per child depending on age groups. 
So yeah, a little bit more technical than say, okay, I need three staff to do X, Y, and Z. There are frameworks which need to be met, but that's sort of what your advisors can help you with as well. I can imagine. Now, at the start, we talked a little bit about COVID because the, the, the conditions really changed for childcare centres at the start of COVID. How's the market settled now um, in terms of the rebates that parents get or the childcare centre gets? How, how does that all work? I mean, things are pretty standard as far as the rebates are concerned. Um, I mean, looking around the country, uh, different states are always having a different impact as to, you know, how many parents are working from home and, and how many are sending their kids to childcare. In saying that, um, you know, people are still working and working from home and we see a lot of them still opting to put their children in childcare and quite often they've, they've committed to that year. So, you know, in, various, in, in, in some circumstances, there's ways of getting out of that, but typically they're committed for that year. And I think that's also what adds to the benefit of the childcare business is it's recurring locked-in revenue. So, yeah, we've, we've seen, you know, the balance sheets that I've been looking at anyway over the last couple of years. Yeah, there's been a little bit of a dip uh, maybe at the start of COVID, but things have stabilised, you know, pretty quickly uh, coming into 2021. And I think 2022, um, when borders hopefully reopen and people start getting back into the workforce, um, I think everyone's pretty much on the same page that things are going to go back to normal in terms of, you know, working environments and wanting the children out of the house. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, not just that. Um, I think a lot of people want to go back to the office and, and you know, that normal way of working as well, which will support, um, you know, the childcare model into the future, I, I imagine. 100%. And I think, yeah, I mean, that's, that's an evolving situation, probably another topic altogether. But I certainly think, you know, the social aspect of re-entering the workforce and, you know, separating, you know, children from working parents, um, you know, it, things will stabilise. And I think we see those trends sort of already starting to, to, to get back online. Now, um, at the start, we talked a little bit about how, um, you know, national businesses are looking to pick up childcare centres. Do you find that uh, buyers typically want to roll up a number of centres and what are the economies of scale and synergies that you can get from doing that? Um, yeah, we, we see a lot of, of, of big operators or even uh, individuals having multiple sites. You know, it, it's, a great, it's a great return on investment if you're operating the site well. So um, when it comes to economies of scale, well, you've still got, you know, decent labour costs at each individual business, but you know, the director or, or I guess the brain behind the organisation with the strategy and the growth, um, you know, can oversee several centres um, and sort of put in place a, a, a framework or, or their methodology of doing things to sort of build their business and, and the way they do things. So, yeah, we're seeing a lot of it. We're seeing a lot of, you know, national groups, listed groups, um, you know, listed uh, funds like real estate investment trusts that are wrapping childcares up into uh, REITs. Uh, as a way of sort of you know growing uh, recurring revenue for for the REIT, but uh, yeah, it, it's busy in in the multiple acquisition space at the moment. Are there typical hurdles that need to be overcome to achieve a sale? Yeah, like like in any business, um, you know, we've obviously got to go through the due diligence process to ensure that you know what's on the paper is reality. I mean, the good thing about childcare is it's, it's relatively easy to assess X number of children, X number of contracts that are coming in. Here's the rebates, the balance sheets, are, sorry, the, the profit and loss statements are generally pretty easy to have a look at. Um, the only, the next step then would be, you know, if the person wasn't already approved, um, going through that approval process. So there's certain, sometimes there's certain hurdles there with, you know, getting education, uh, educational um, equivalents. 
Um, and whether they want to work in the business or outside of the business, that sort of depends on what sort of level of education. But, yeah, there are a few little things. But like any business, there are sort of certain steps you need to meet to, uh, to get to that final point of, of walking in the door and, and, uh, and taking in customers. So we're almost at the end of our time this morning, but I just want to ask you, what are your final tips for someone thinking about a childcare, buying a childcare centre to get the transaction across the line? Final tip, well, I mean, it's a fantastic business. Um, there's still a lot of upside in the childcare space, you know, so it's a growing industry. You know, there's there's, there's opportunity to have multiple centres or just an individual centre. So, you know, first things first, it's, it's a great business to be in. Um, as far as tips on, on sort of getting a deal across the line, well, I guess the first thing is trying to find a find a suitable centre, which is proving quite tricky at the moment because there's, there's less supply. Um, but I think certainly getting advisors in, in place early in the piece, speaking to your accountant, speaking to your bank to ensure that you can get finance, um, you know, chatting to your lawyer, um, and then, you know, brokers or specialist consultants in the childcare space just to you know, understand the business if you don't already, um, to see if it's going to work for, you, for your circumstances and, and requirements. Well, that's very uh, interesting. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I think that buying a childcare centre to me seems like quite um, amazing given that you have to look after all those children, but as you say, um, a really great opportunity. So that's all we have time for today. So thank you so much for joining us, Hayden. Uh, if you have any questions or if you'd like to leave a comment about the podcast, please see the contact details at the bottom of this post and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much.